Hello and welcome to the second episode of Pharmacists After Hours, a podcast which explores what interesting and quirky things pharmacists get up to in their spare time. Throughout the series I'll be speaking to pharmacists across the country about their unique hobbies and pastimes to find out more about those activities and how they fit with the world of pharmacy. This week I'm joined by Anna Robinson, a specialist clinical pharmacist for the NHS and research assistant at Newcastle University, who also competes in British dressage with her horse Reuben. So to start off, for those who don't know, what is dressage? So I suppose the way that we describe dressage is that we're dancing with our horses. We get a set test or a set routine that we do and it's basically a case of doing that routine the best that you can. Some people might have seen it at the Olympics and there's that famous dressage rider Charlotte Dujardin and she's dancing with her horse. I'm not saying I'm anywhere near the level of Charlotte at all but I'm definitely trying my best to make myself and Rue dance a test beautifully like that. Sometimes we've got some music in the background, other times it's just silence so it's very much focusing on performing a beautiful dance together in partnership. How do you make a horse dance? With great difficulty, really. (laughs) It's it's really difficult. Do you know, a lot of the time I get asked by people, do you just sit there? Does the horse know what it's doing? And you kind of just go with the flow. And my answer is always like, I really wish that was the case. It's actually so difficult. And to make them dance, obviously, you kind of build up your level of difficulty with time. And both for you and the horse, you know, time and and putting in the work is massively important. So you kind of get your routines, you work from something a little bit more simple and then starting to add advanced movements in. So a lot of time and patience is needed really to get them to dance. It's not really a a straightforward or natural thing for them to do. But you get there, absolutely. And it's a lovely feeling when you get something right after you've been trying so hard for a long time. I think most people's experience of dressage would have been through the Olympics. And it doesn't seem very natural to me. But I wondered, with any sort of dancing or any sort of movement, does the horse kind of eventually get into it? You know, it's so funny because I could be doing a set floor plan and the more I rehearse it, the more that Ruben knows what's coming up. So actually, sometimes that that could be the worst thing you can do. Sometimes it's best to kind of bring something in quite fresh just before a, a competition so that they can't start to anticipate what's coming next. And and he's quite keen. He's got loads of energies. He's fantastic. He's quite young in terms of a dressage horse and, and its lifespan. So he loves to add in the little extra flicks and kicks that probably I wasn't planning on adding into the routine so yeah he's really enthusiastic and it's something that he loves to do as well so it's lovely when you get that feeling that he's enjoying himself too I'm imagining like a horse grooving and I don't know if you've ever like walked into his stables and and seen him you know with a with a boombox in the corner just like trying out his uh, his moves you know it's so funny because in the stable and you know when you're not riding he is such a placid horse he's such a happy character he's very very inquisitive he loves exploring people's pockets to see if they've got any treats (laughs) or carrots in there and I always describe him as being like almost like a puppy or a, a dog he follows me around he's so funny it's not like a horse He's huge and he's massive. I'm very conscious that he's a big animal, but he's got such a placid character. But as soon as you put him in that arena and as soon as you start kind of getting him in the zone for that dressage, you can see him really focus. He's got such a focus and dedication and it's lovely. It really makes it an enjoyable experience. 
as well as being quite creative as a sport, because obviously you have to come up with your own routines, it must also be quite tasking, a lot of hard work to kind of put all the pieces together and also quite competitive oh, um, yeah. for, for competitions. But I want to ask, what about it do you enjoy? So I, I love the partnership that you build up with the animal first off, you know, we call it the groundwork. So you're not even on the horse's back, but you can build up that partnership. And, and it's something so, so special. I think a lot of people don't appreciate that they are like any other animal, like a, a dog or a cat, and you build that bond with them. And it's, it's lovely. But the bit I love the most is actually being on his back and competing and doing the, the dressage. I'm very aware it's a very competitive field and competitive world, the equestrian world. And yeah, you, you put a lot of time in. I train five or six times a week. So actually fitting that in around work and in around my research is quite challenging. But when you love something so much, that's, you know, you've got that driver there and you, you wouldn't want to do anything else. It's fab. But the best feeling is when you've trained so hard, you've built up that bond together and then you go out and you perform. And if it goes well or if it doesn't, it's just such a lovely feeling to be out there and on the journey together. It's, it's really incredible. And I mean, I know you said it's hard work, Alex, and it really is physically. Um, you've got to be so strong. I do loads of fitness outside of riding as well, just for my general core strength, leg strength, upper body strength and stamina and fitness you put a lot in and people don't always realize that and it's really hard it's a good workout but yeah it's hard sometimes you start to question your sanity when you're up at the stables at 5 a.m on a minus five degree morning in the winter and and you're thinking what am I doing here but it's it's totally worth it and that's the best thing when you're out there and competing and and when it all comes off it's really good yeah it definitely sounds rewarding it's interesting to hear how time consuming it is how do you kind of keep that work-life balance? Because obviously, you know, not only you're a pharmacist, but you're also doing a PhD. That's a lot to have on your plate. How do you kind of keep competitive with the dressage, but also keep everything else in your life going? Yeah, it's a challenge. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm so lucky that I'm working alongside some people that are really understanding of how important sport is to me. So I'm very, very grateful to the team at Newcastle Uni because they're very much behind me the whole way. If I need to squeeze in some extra training or finish work a little bit earlier, I'll make up the time back and it's incredible because I couldn't do it without their support. But also I get a lot of support in my personal life from family, friends, my fiance. So they all kind of know exactly what's needed to put in. Sometimes it's tricky, you know, social life might take a little bit of a hit, but you know it's all worth it when you, you're so passionate about your sport. I assume all your family rock up to all the competitions. That must be nice having them cheering them on. Yeah, it's lovely having cheerleaders. Although I always say never bring banners or balloons because the horses would go absolutely wild. They'd be so terrified. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very much a polite clap at the end. <laughs> but it means the world. Yeah, it's, it's really lovely to share it with them. That, that makes sense. Obviously, you've already said it's, it's a lot of training, but the competitions and the kind of lead up to them. How much training do you have to put in just to get the kind of horse dressage ready, if you like? Well, do you know, it's really hard to quantify, I suppose, because Ruben and I, were constantly competing. So we're never always in the build-up just to one event. We've always got numerous ones on. So personally, I've ridden since I was four years old. So that's a very long time now, actually, when I'm thinking about it. Um, so I suppose, personally, my kind of upbringing and building of all my skills has been going for a, a significant period of time 
but particularly for the run-ups to some of the major comps, I'm, I'm training five, six times a week. But it's really important that we're not overdoing it as well because he's an athlete himself, Ruben. So he gets a lot of physiotherapy, he gets the chiropractor, his farrier comes regularly and makes sure that his feet and his shoes are kept up to scratch. So there's a lot goes into both of us in terms of physical prep before competitions. But it's definitely hard to quantify the exact time that we put in. Probably say I would train for about an hour each time I'm there. So a good couple of hours each week, yeah. And obviously dressage is always a feature of the Olympics in, in terms of piquing people's imagination. And Team GB always tends to do fairly well. And I wondered, why are we so good at the sport over here? Do you know, we've done exceptionally well this Olympics. I'm so, honestly, I must sound crazy, but I'm just so passionate about it. It's been brilliant to watch. I don't know whether it's just something that's instilled in our culture. We're very much kind of perfectionists. We, we really put the effort in and make sure that what we're getting at the end result is is right. So we do incredibly well. I mean, the dressage team have just walked away with the team bronze in the dressage and that's just incredible. We've got some really, really exciting riders coming up through the individual ranks as well. So without a question, it's the hard work and dedication and the striving for perfection each time. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned perfectionism because uh, I wanted to ask whether there are any kind of skills that you've developed through dressage which have then fed into your pharmacy work or even vice versa. Do you know, actually, I haven't thought about it this way before, but you know, when we're clinically checking and screening items and we're very much kind of taught as pharmacists that we aim in for perfection. We're not wanting anything to slip under the radar. We like to know everything that's going on about patients. And certainly my background from working in hospital, it, it was that case. So yeah, you can definitely draw comparisons with being perfectionist and very particular about things. Yeah. And I think going through pharmacy school, you study so hard, you really do have to dedicate a lot of time and energy in. So I think that's another similarity you could draw. You've got to be very invested in the profession and likewise with my sporting career. I'd also wanted to ask about your sporting career in terms of kind of what you've set your sights on in the future. You compete in British dressage, but do you have any kind of further desires to take it even further as, as a sport? Whenever I talk to my friends who aren't kind of familiar with the question world, I always try and draw an analogy to football and the different leagues that are available. And right now I'm competing, I suppose you'd say at championship level because kind of on the skirting edge of the um, British dressage and, and the challenging leagues that are out there but I haven't quite pushed it right through to the Premier League yet so that's my aim I really want to get to that level so I think within the region that's where I'm competing at the moment but it would be fantastic if I could go beyond regionals and get through to nationals because I've been there once before a long time ago with a different horse and I'd really love to be back there with Ruben as well so that's definitely something I've got my eyes eyes on the prize that would be a great achievement so one of the things that interests me is it seems, as well as being quite time consuming, it seems like quite an investment as a sport. And I wondered how accessible it is as a pastime or a sport for people who might be interested getting into it, but they're kind of unsure about it. Equestrianism on a whole has always had a little bit of a stigma where it's being a very upper class sport. So I think, you know, going way back, perhaps only the people who could afford to go riding or have their own horses would but right now all those barriers have been broken down and it's incredibly accessible so if anyone's interested there are so many different routes you can go down 
I suppose owning your own horse is probably the most intense route you could go, but there's so many riding schools available. It's lovely. They're very much contactable. Social media is great for loads of reasons, but drop people messages and get into it that way. And you also, you don't necessarily need to get involved as a rider. You can volunteer at loads of different riding schools on the ground. So you're helping with a lot of the tasks like mugging out the stables, feeding the horses, brushing or grooming them. So there's loads of ways you can get involved if you haven't kind of done that before. And I would always encourage anyone, if you haven't ever ridden a horse, do it. It's one of those things I think is a bucket list item. It would be really great for everyone to have experienced it. And I know they're big and they could be scary, but actually horses are such loving characters. I'm sure they would they would relish having somebody on their back for the first time and, and, and enjoying it. And just as a side note, I do a lot of volunteering for Riding for the Disabled as well. I'm on one of the exec trustees within the region that I'm based in. And it's fantastic seeing how important volunteers are, not just to the centres for the functioning and running of a riding school, but also just giving back to the horses. That's a, It's a lovely thing. And there's so many thousands of dedicated volunteers across the country for Riding for the Disabled as well, which... I'd love to say thank you to all of them for investing that time, but also the opportunities there if anyone isn't volunteering and wants to do something like that. It sounds like there are lots of opportunities out there and lots of avenues. Um, I'm interested to know whether people kind of straight off the bat try out dressage or get into dressage or whether there's normally kind of a segue into it from just normal horse riding or just, um, I don't know, brushing the horses down. I'm a born and bred Londoner, so I've barely touched a horse, let alone got on the back of one. As well as it's like a lot of different sports, there are lots of different channels you can get into within the horsey world. You can just ride for fun. Like you don't have to ride to compete. Um, You can go for fun and just be on the ground with them. You don't even have to ride. But if you were wanting to ride and be competitive, there's different routes and dressage is one. There's also things like cross country and show jumping, which I like to dabble in occasionally, but they're not I'm not massively passionate on doing that full-time. Dressage is my thing. So I suppose it's like when you specialise in your career, you kind of know what suits you and you pick a route to go down. And there's so many levels you can get involved in 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 British dressage. It's The world really is your oyster, so just go for it. Yeah, wonderful. I'm interested to know whether you've come across any other pharmacists or medical professionals who are into horses or into dressage specifically. I don't know if there's a uh, pharmacist derby that happens every so often. (laughs) How amazing would it be if there was a pharmacist derby? I would love to get in touch with other pharmacy professionals who are invested and involved in horses and dressage. I've met a few medics that I know have got horses, but I've yet to really know anyone in the pharmacy world. So it would be great. I'd love to connect. Yeah, oh, wonderful. One thing that I wanted to ask about was obviously the COVID-19 pandemic has meant that lots of people haven't been able to get out and do the regular pastimes that they've been able to do previously. But dressage or even just, you know, going out to meet and pet the horse, that seems quite a safe thing to do. And I wondered whether or not First of all, obviously, interacting with Ruben had been affected by the pandemic, whether there'd been like months where you'd have to leave him in the stables and just hope he was all right. Um, and also what kind of hit that took to the dressage world and, and competing? Oh, it was such a strange time. And and I mean, everybody, I think when you've got a sport, you really felt how it affected because sport is such a, an avenue to release tension and buildups that you might feel through the day. So it's... I call horse riding like my therapy in a way because it's so important to be able to go spend time with Ruben and 
you know, no matter what kind of day you've had, it just kind of magics away when you're there. It's great. So it was really tricky during COVID. I was very fortunate that I wasn't affected in in terms of seeing him. I could still see him every day and, and go up to look after him because that was classed as an essential activity, the welfare of an animal. But I certainly couldn't compete in terms of what I normally do. A lot of the dressage competitions got moved online actually during the pandemic. So it meant that if you still wanted to compete, you could. It just meant that you had to video yourself and then submit the video to be judged. So how did that work? Was it like a mounted camera or was it you just trying to hold it with a selfie stick as you as you tried to dance? That's so funny. Uh, yeah, it was a mounted camera. So there's loads of different specialist sporting cameras you can get and equipment, but kind of make it really simple. It's basically a camera, you pop your phone in, it does a 360 AI tracker. So it tracks you as you go around it's on a tripod and it's just spinning and follows you around. So you're able to still do all of the test and it just tracks you the whole time. I got myself one of those. Uh, It got a little bit of getting used to. Ruben wasn't bothered at all by it. He gave it a good old sniff and then it got his seal of approval. Um, But yeah, so filming myself and submitting it was really the only way we could keep competing during the pandemic. And because it's an outside sport and it is really classed as low risk, the competitions have started to then build back up again. So we're back to competing in person again now, which is lovely because you get that atmosphere. You would never get that if you were doing it online. But I think there's a lot to be said about the way that they've been organised and everyone is really adhering to all of the guidelines and keeping everybody safe. So there's no hanging around really after your test. You kind of do your thing, come away, and then you get your results. So it's a little bit of a dressage and go at the moment. So... It's working its way back up to being normal again. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, I've, I've got the image in my head. Now that I know that horses can film each other, uh, horses <laughs> zooming like we would, you know, like we are now pretty much, uh, just, uh, just, just to keep each other company. You know, you can do, like, so we've done that with some coaches. So instead of the coach coming to train us at our venue and they weren't able to travel, you could set them up effectively on FaceTime and you'd have your earpiece in and they'd be, and the instructions at you so it kind of worked a little bit strangely but yeah it's um, been a learning curve for everyone I think <laughs> yeah yeah is there a difference in how the horse behaves when there are people in the stands almost because I know that a lot of people in football talk about the atmosphere really influencing the gameplay is it the same with dressage does it make it better does it make it worse are the horses startled I don't know yeah do you know like especially Ruben, he plays to the crowd. He absolutely loves having people watching him. So, and I know actually some of the Olympians were saying on the the TV and their dressage, their horses react to the atmosphere and the audience. So, without a doubt, it's been strange not being able to have that at, at the competitions because they totally play up to the audience. I suppose gives them no excuse though if they then see a carrier bag or someone with a random brolly one time that they wouldn't spook at that they would absolutely be testing you there but they love it when they're in their arena and the the audience is around them and cheering them on and i wanted to ask for anyone who's listening who's kind of on the fence they like the idea of it they want to try it out but they're not quite convinced just yet what would you say to them to try and get them into the sport you've got to try everything once haven't you so you've got to have at least a ride on a horse and then see if you like it but I think with anything really you can get people who are super passionate about 
just sport in general so give it a go absolutely and it's such a lovely feeling when you've had a day at work and you can come away and spend some time with such a gorgeous animal so you've got to have a go Alex yourself I can't believe you've not ridden a horse yet you've tempted me very much I don't know if I'd be able to do full-blown dressage but I will definitely try and ride a horse in my lifetime definitely if not in the next year I want to say a massive thank you to Anna Robinson for joining me on Pharmacist After Hours podcast to talk about dressage and thank you for listening. Next week, I'll be joined by Graham Brack, a pharmacist and published crime fiction writer. In the meantime, if you'd like to hear more, visit the CND website at chemistandruggist.co.uk. Hold up. 